Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 26th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So California's governor, Gavin Newsom, he met with the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, yesterday at the Great Hall of People in central Beijing. That's a setting that's typically reserved for heads of state. And they talked about a lot of different things, but mainly climate change. Oh! That's why the governor of California went to meet with the <laughs> sure, Chinese sure president. Sure it was, Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. California has the uh, fifth largest economy uh-huh. in the world. Yep. And Gavin Newsom has been using a new word, subnationally. Oh. Uh, everything's been talking about, you know, nationally, but mm-hmm. now Gavin Newsom is making his own little category. Well, no doubt. And much of what the Democrats do and the Republicans in some cases believe with them on this, and in some cases they're too stupid to realize what's being done, is about getting rid of American exceptionalism, getting rid of America's special and independent place in the world, and making America a part of this global whatever you want to call it where we're just another person who participates in the ether and sphere of of other of other countries and this is a great example of that gavin newsom certainly believes that and that's the you know this terminology that you're talking about Mm -hmm. right so gavin went to israel on his way this trip he's making all of these stops meeting with heads of state that won't even meet with joe biden right so um you know this meeting with Gavin Newsom and Xi Jinping, that's the first time that Xi has met with a U.S. governor since 2017. Wow. And, you know, it's a shadow presidency, right? He He's running for, it's a shadow campaign he's got going on. Is this, uh, he's setting himself up to be the Democrats' only option if something happens? You spend your time when you are a person of means and influence, which clearly she is mm-hmm. uh, a person of means and influence. You spend your time with the people you want to spend your time with. And the Chinese are not stupid. They are many things. Stupid is not one of them. And they recognize that Biden is mentally gone and has been for quite some time and they recognize biden is not running his government and they're likely looking at obviously california has a massive economy that Mm -hmm. they have an interest in participating and being a part of and they also recognize gavin newsom is the likely you know if you were to take a guy out of central casting take his politics or whatever aside and just say pick the man who will be the president I mean, Gavin Newsom Mm -hmm. certainly looks that part. Tall guy, good looking guy, skinny guy. I mean, you know, like you look at him and you say, there's what a, you know, a president, you know, in the United States would, would or should look like. And, uh, I think you're seeing the attempt by the the Chinese. I wouldn't even use the term manipulation because I think a bunch of what China believes in Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom believes in, you know, big government, authoritarian government, um, you know, not a, not anti-free speech. I mean, a lot of these a lot of these things are staples now of the Democrat party punishing your political enemies. I mean, it's these the, these Democrat Party and the Chinese are simpatico on a lot of things. Okay, so are they buttering him up? Do they look at him like an easy target? Oh, here's a guy. I mean, he arrived there and he had this huge entourage with him and it looked like he could he was in all his glory. He couldn't get enough of it. 
Yeah, I don't think it's buttering him up in the sense of like he went willfully. Like he he agrees. It's like you don't you don't have to be buttered up to go hang out with your buddies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's somebody you share an in, an interest with, somewhere you share worldview with, and the Chinese and the Democrat Party, like I said, on things like free speech, punishing your political enemies, etc. They are they are in agreement. There's not a whole lot of difference or daylight between between these two, the Democrat Party and the Chinese government. Okay, so Newsom, he's got no authority over international issues. But isn't it interesting that he goes and he meets with you know the president of China, and then then after it's announced that there might be a meeting between President Biden and Xi. So like it's okay for Xi to meet with Gavin Newsom. But not the president. Do we have some audio of this? We do. He was he was asked about why he was in China. And, of course, his answer was, well, climate change. Our, our, our soil is becoming aridified uh, because of climate change. Um, the impact of, uh, of climate knows no boundaries, knows no jurisdiction. I, 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 I don't need to remind Californians the last four or five years. Extreme heat, extreme drought, extreme... Uh, floods uh, this year and we're not going to solve it alone we need China Uh, and China needs us our innovation, our entrepreneurial spirit we need to get our economy moving uh, again and I don't mean that we're not the tenpole American recovery we have been but we can do more and better and and China will play a role in that Um, we don't believe, I don't believe in decoupling, we believe in diversification and supply chain diversification California will be a huge beneficiary of that particularly as it relates to lithium and critical minerals, of which California is uniquely positioned in the, uh, around the globe. Um, and so uh, direct investment, tourism, trade, the environment, that's why I'm here. And don't think for a second I won't be focused on homelessness and housing and affordability. Uh, in fact, within hours before I left, we announced the most significant mental health Okay. In our states. okay, so how is his meeting with China going to have anything to well, do with homelessness in California? He just completely went off on a tangent. Aridified, by the way, means dry. Look, thank you, Casey. Yeah. I appreciate that. One of the worst things that happened in the history of this country is when Richard Nixon went to China and opened up relations with the Chinese. And we have seen a steady flow ever since that, which has been 50, 50-ish years ago now, mm-hmm. of American jobs, American buying power, American independence. It has all gone away as it relates to our, and I talk about independence inside the economy. It has all eroded It is or completely gone away in some industries. And yet we continue to try to engage in some sort of level playing field when it comes to commerce with China, and it is simply not going to happen. We have the power in the relationship with China, but because we as a society, and the Chinese recognize this, Chinese, you can say what you want about them, they are very, very astute, and they are very, very aware of who they're dealing with in any form of engagement. The Chinese recognize Americans are soft, Americans are weak, Americans are used to getting their way, and Americans like cheap stuff. And they have China with their human rights violations and a heavy hand of government and brutalization of its people have enabled America to do that. And they have gotten rich off of those things, those qualities that America exudes these days. So Gavin Newsom said that uh, he was here, he was there in China in expectation of turning the page and renewing the friendship. I'm Renewing the friendship? Renewing the friendship. Yeah. Um, they've got fundamental issues. 
to determine our collective future. Okay, so I'm really curious. Did Gavin Newsom, did he bring up the balloon that floated across this country? Did he bring up the fentanyl that is made in China and crossing the southern border? Well, did, he, did he bring up human rights abuses? Did he talk about any of that? Or was it all strictly just climate change? Well, and when you hear words like our collective future, that mm-hmm. should just scare the yes. hell out of everyone because we don't have a collective future or we shouldn't. I think we do have a collective future with China, and that's very, very scary. But we shouldn't because what we claim to stand for and what China stands for. There are two different things. There is no, you shouldn't want anything, collective anything mm-hmm. with that. But yet we really don't uh, believe in the things that we claim to stand for. And that's why you've got a high-ranking Democrat over there meeting with the Chinese in some sort of feel-good, glad-handing mission. It's not like Trump going over there telling them, look, this is how it's going to be, shape up or shape out. It, they want to work together because they're birds of the feather. It is 14 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about this upcoming presidential debate really quick. NBC uh, News has selected Lester Holt and Kristen Welker (laughs) to serve as the co-moderators. It's the third Republican presidential Uh primary debate. Kristen Welker, she's the woman who took over Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. So it's going to be, I guess, about a two-hour debate. Uh It's going to happen on November 8th at 8 p.m. Are you on vacation for that? (laughs) There was nothing intentional about that at oh, all. Oh no! <laughs> you're gonna have Kevin. A, you're gonna have a big week. Kevin's gonna have to watch the debate because you know I just can't. I'm just uh-huh. not gonna be able to able to do that. Kevin, that's I'm sorry. Yeah, I kind of enjoy the debate. Yeah, I know so. you do. You're a thinking man. Yeah, and maybe you, I'll help you out. And with that. Kevin uh-huh. has immense tolerance for bullcrap, so Kev will be able to sit through that. <laughs> Clearly, he does. He sits in here for three hours. Kev, every Kev day. very <laughs> patient. Have a special brownie and enjoy the show, Kev. Okay, yeah. so what? Okay, question. Yeah. Why would you have a debate as the Republican Party mm-hmm. on NBC? Mm. Who hates you? Yeah, that's a good question. Why would you do that? Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Well, maybe it's just because they're trying to. It's like I, that. I, like, I would. I would. I want to say maybe they're trying to get a lot of viewers, but nobody's watching NBC. <laughs> I anyway. know. I'm trying uh, to stop why, myself. Why would? Why would? Okay. Why would you have it on NBC? Remember the last debate, the Univision or Unigov mm-hmm. or whatever right, right, she right. was from was horrible. Yeah. I mean, she, and their questions were horrible. It's like, and Rona Rana and the and the and the. Head honchos over there at the RNC are just like, give us some more of that. Let's go over to Lester Lester Holt because mm-hmm. yeah, he's a uh, Kristen Welker because they're totally on our team. Okay, so Chris Christie is qualified for the debate. It was just <laughs> announced yesterday. Yeah. So at this point, you've got Ron DeSantis, yeah. Nikki Haley, and Chris Christie. Great. Now Vivek Ramaswamy has qualified, but he's. Not saying if he'll attend. So there's four who have qualified, right? Four who have qualified. Does it say what the the qualifications are to get in this time? Because I just want to laugh at Pence, whatever it is that he hasn't achieved well, yet. Well, it's a certain amount of uh, polling and then donors. Qualifications for third presidential... This is great radio right here. But... I think it's really interesting. That- oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. To participate, each candidate needs to satisfy fundraising and polling criteria set by the RNC. Financially, they need at least 70,000 mm-hmm. campaign donors, including at least 200 donors from 20 states or territories. And what is the polling? Is it 4%? Yes, yeah, 4%. Mm-hmm. 4% is the polling threshold. So Mike Pence has either been unable to achieve mm-hmm. 4% of polling or he has been unable to achieve 70,000 donors. Either way, that is totally pathetic. I believe it's the donors for Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. But- 
here's my thought of Vivek Ramaswamy mm-hmm. saying he's not sure if he's going to attend. If he is he going to pull out of the race and hope for maybe a, a cabinet position? Well, or he's doing this as a stunt, right? I mean, there's no there's no real point in pulling out before Iowa or New Hampshire because it's like Trump's not going to like hold it again. So Vivek ran and whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, nah, nah. I just you think, don't he, think that's it? he's probably looking for his own little stunt. Isn't Trump planning some sort of stunt or something? Yeah, Trump has said that he's going to do some counter programming. Although <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't announced what it is. I mean, last time he was on with Tucker, right? What? No, he went to the union thing, didn't he? Oh, that's right. He yeah. was in Detroit. First time was Tucker. Right. And then he went to uh, Detroit. So what could he possibly do this time? You know, if they've got four. He do his own live stream. Here's the thing, though, Casey. If they've got four or five people, now they should never do it on NBC. You might actually hear what they have well, to exactly. say. Well, exactly. Exactly. They should have done this from the beginning. This should have been from the beginning. You got to be at 5% mm-hmm. and you got to get, uh, you know, whatever donor number. I don't see. I don't. I think the polling is more important than the donors. I would see, rather see a higher polling threshold than than the, the donor threshold, because I think that's just, you get the thing like Burgum, who's like, I'll give you $20 in a gift mm-hmm. cards if you give me right. $1. It's 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 too easy to manipulate. Coupon yeah, it, exactly. donors. Yeah, exactly. It is 18 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 20 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about the FBI for a minute, shall we? Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, he came out and he said that uh, FBI maintained more than 40 confidential sources on various criminal matters, all related to the Biden crime family, (laughs) including Joe Biden. And this dates back to his time as vice president. No, I I totally believe this. And it's like, Okay, so what have they Gonna given you? Yeah, what have they given you? 40 seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine all of those people? Now, they're, they're saying that not only do they have information, but in sometimes they were stopping investigations yeah. and kicking all of the info back to headquarters. And then what were the people at FBI headquarters doing with that information? Were they protecting the Bidens or were they blackmailing the Biden? Well, great question. Because again, if you got forty people in on something, mm-hmm. clearly someone mm-hmm. took it pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Someone said, "Boy, there's something here. We need to do a lot more digging." And again, that is amazing that there is for forty sources, according mm-hmm. to Chuck Grassley, involved in this, and yet they've been at it since he was vice president, and they just won't move forward with anything. It's amazing. And yet Trump. I mean, everything under the sun, Casey. Everything well, under the sun. I mean, it just shows you that it's these institutions that think that they're sure. electing your president, not Absolutely. you. They, the, this, the, These three-letter acronym organizations. Absolutely. And it is an uh, another example of the weaponization of various law enforcement against not just regular people, but also against outcomes of elections, et cetera, where it's not just what the action they take against someone, like in the case of Trump, it's the action they're not taking in the case of Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. I mean, the evidence is so clear that it's come out to us. Imagine what they have that hasn't been revealed. Think about the things we have seen through Comer and through these FBI whistleblowers and the Bobolinsky guy and the guy that was the the other business guy, Hunter Biden's business associate. They've got this check from James Biden. You know what? And speaking of that check, do you think he paid taxes on that? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? 
That's a that would be a very very interesting question. Well, now that we have a speaker, Casey, we should get to the bottom of this lickety split. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm sure we will. He'll put it on the agenda right away. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but did the invest did the FBI investigate information or were they shutting it down? I uh, mean, what role are they playing? Who? Which team are they? They're on their own team, right? Clearly and apparently. And the thing that really upsets me about this information coming out today is what we saw happen in Maine, where I feel like if these FBI were doing what they should be doing, maybe that horrible situation could have been prevented. Yeah. Instead of, you know, finding things on the Bidens and hiding things on the Bidens. All right, let's let's uh, let's listen it, what, to this girl. What, what is the, okay, so just full disclosure, uh, Casey did most of the template last night. Mm-hmm. I had to go work my other job. Then I had my wife, we had a, a business trip for work, so I had to watch the kid. So I put like three or four things on, and then I was just like, Casey, just put whatever you want on there. Take over. Yeah, so uh, what, what is this? What do we have here? This looks very interesting. Okay, me. so this is a, a girl. She seems to be about 20, 24 years old, uh-huh. uh, recent college graduate. Yeah. She was getting roasted online. This thing went viral. She was complaining about work and she's having a mental breakdown after she gets home from her long oh. nine to five job. Go. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but yes. this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there there's no way i'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now so that's off the table like duh if i was able to walk to work and it would it'd be fine but i'm not so it literally takes me like i leave here like i get on the train at 7 30 and i don't get home till like 6 15 earliest and then like i don't have time to do anything i don't i want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like I'm so upset. Oh, my God. Nothing to do with my job at all, but just, like, the 9 to 5 schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office 9 to 5, like, if it was remote, you get off at 5, and you're home, and everything's fine. But, like, I'm not home. It takes me long to get home, and, like, like people that drive to the office, like, it doesn't – you don't get off at 5. And I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer, but, like – I literally get off. It's pitch black. Like, I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like, how do you have time to, like, meet, like, a guy? I don't know. Like, how do you have time for, like, dating? Like, I don't have time for anything. And I'm, like, so stressed out. And I'm also getting my period. So that's why I'm all emotional. But, like, am I so dramatic? It's fine. (laughs) Well, there's the question. Is she so dramatic? Do you have any empathy for this young girl at all? Uh, No, absolutely not. (laughs) And uh, I just... I always love how these videos appear mm-hmm. to be reasonably well-assembled women mm-hmm. in their early 20s mm-hmm. who just are shocked about what life actually is. About adulting. I I, I think that there's probably <laughs> a lot of young adults who go through this when they get out of college or they get out into the real world and, oh, wait, I have to do this all day? Wait, every day? But... <laughs> The thing that I know is going to shock this young girl. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till she finds out about taxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I, so I was thinking about this yesterday. Somebody posted something on social media and it was fine. It wasn't like anything like this, but I was just, and this person is my age. And I was like, we've reached a, a point in our society where everything for many people has to be on the internet. Like, why would you put that on the internet? Mm-hmm. There's no point in where she she has clearly not been taught or has not developed the thought process of how ridiculous I sound and what life and adult life is actually all about. And 
also how ridiculous I'm going to look. And then on talk radio stations across the country mm-hmm. and on podcasts across the country, people are going to turn me into a giant joke because that's how I come off and that's what I sound uh, sound like. Newsflash. Yesterday, Casey, I, wor- <laughs> I worked here. Uh-huh. Then, Newsflash, Casey, yeah. I went to my second job uh-huh. and I was there until yeah. about seven o'clock. And then, you know what? I came home and I was daddy daycare mm-hmm. until my wife got home about 830. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's life. Did you cry and make a video and tell everybody that you were on your period and <laughs> ask if you were being dramatic? TMI, too much information. But this is where we're at. Where there, This is another example, though, of how ill-prepared mm-hmm. people are for life and mm-hmm. what a colossal failure the public education system is because these people should know. Like, I knew. Like, I was working full-time, a full-time job while I was in in college, which is why it took me six years to get out. I was working a part-time job from the time I was 15 years old. I knew it don't get no better. It only gets worse. Mm -hmm. And the more dull you become, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you may try to cling to what you once had, you know, as, as Johnny Cash once said, everyone I know goes away in the end. (laughs) And this lady needs to just listen to Hurt on a loop because that is what Get ready, Bal. You're going to end for a problem. Well, and one of the interesting things I think about is the economy has never offered so many different ways for people to make money. Well, sure, right? And the goal is to find the one that works for you. And the good news for her is... She may have to commute, but at least she has a job where she can afford a place to live. You know what? It's okay. This is fascinating. She's not going into debt, paying her rent. Well, it's it's, it's fascinating too because my, my wife and I were talking about this, and her. So she's twenty four, mm-hmm. and so for her generation, like she graduated college during COVID. She had a full time job during COVID, cybersecurity because she's super good with computers. I have no idea half the stuff. Ninety percent of stuff she does, I don't know. Whatever people like her, she's very good at stealing your life away from you, whatever. I don't know what she does. Anyway, so when she was in college, she had a a well-paid full-time job. Mm -hmm. However, because it was COVID, she never went into work. Right. This job, she got promoted to another job. Another company saw her and said, you do great at this. We're going to give you more money. Please come work for us. That job has permitted her to work from home the entire time she was pregnant. And now a couple days a week, she is still able to work from home. Mm -hmm. But we had this conversation where she's like, man, I got to go into work today. And it's like, (laughs) that's how it worked for the first 200 years of the country, lady. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for younger people, it's like you to go to your point. It's like, oh my gosh. And then there's been other companies that have been kind of looking at her saying, hey, we're super interested in what you do. And they're like, yeah, some of these people be like, yeah, this is a five day a week. You have to come to work type of job. Well, Well, I can't do that. Well, no, she needs to use that as a negotiation tactic. It's just fascinating to me. It's like the idea of pre-COVID not going into work I went like into work every to day during COVID. Exactly. I've it's, never worked from home. Uh, but that must be nice. I just I the young the young Tony people Katz. have been ill prepared for the reality <laughs> of society. All right, we've got news coming up, and maybe we'll get to a couple more voicemails. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Eleven thirty five with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. A couple more voicemails we want to get to. Of course, if you want to contribute, the number three one seven six eight four eight four four four. And uh, here's an interesting phone call from Paul, and he uh, used to be a former talk show host oh. in Dayton. Oh, how exciting! So I can't remember exactly what he said, but uh-huh. I knew I was impressed because he was from Dayton. Yeah. 
And is a former talk show Absolutely. host. Um, so I know he had a comment about the mayor's race here in Indy and also had a comment about Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. My reason for calling is that, yes, we keep knocking both the mayoral candidate and the mayor. But the problem is, if the mayoral candidate doesn't get elected, we've got four more years of Joe Hogsett in Indianapolis. And that ain't good for anybody. At least getting the other candidate elected people, if they get involved, aha, can help. I was really impressed by the man and woman that went out and surveyed uh, the Martinsville neighborhoods. And I was absolutely scared by the 8% who are actively (laughs) involved. Okay, not uh, a comment on the speaker, but on the survey. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty interesting that they went out there and did that. They called back and said that they're going to try yeah. that again and actually see if they can get people more actively involved. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, again, it's kind of like a broken record thing at this point. If your vote is going to be based on, well, this guy might only be 99% bad as the other guy, then you're going to vote how you're going to vote. Uh, I refuse to do that anymore. I've seen it enough. It never gets any better. And this is why we keep getting. Terrible candidates who behave. I mean, Jefferson Shreve's gun proposal is so egregious because it's blatantly unconstitutional. He's not a stupid man. He knows that. It's blatantly illegal. He's not a stupid man. He knows that. He knows how the legislative process works. He knows the mayor of Indianapolis is not going to waltz down there and convince these guys to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so he's an unserious person. Do you think that knowing that it's unconstitutional, that that's just pandering? Sure. That's what I'm saying. And so he will then pander Mm -hmm. on big ticket items and he won't be tough and he won't get in the mud and do the stuff necessary to fix the city. That's why I say there's no difference. Okay, we got another phone call. Somebody wanted to comment. We had a conversation about Joe Biden lying and gaslighting and manipulating. He does that quite a bit. Yeah. And somebody called with a comment about that. Hello. You were speaking earlier about Joe Biden lying. I have found what I believe a very easy and foolproof method to tell when he is lying. Joe Biden lies whenever his lips move. <laughs> we need the rim shot from Kevin. Bring your drum set in. Didn't nice joke. Okay, one more phone call, and uh, this is from Mailman Paul, and he wanted to comment about Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. Hey, Rob, Casey. This is mailman Paul. I guess I should be saying Casey because you answer these now. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I just watched that new speaker, Mike Johnson's speech. Very impressive to me. Don't know anything about him, but wow, I could see, <laughs> I could see in a few more years, president material just in the way he spoke today. Isn't that amazing? Never heard of this guy. Don't know who he is. Heard him speak one time. He can make a coherent sentence. And all of a sudden, he's presidential material. Well, people do this all the time, Casey. I mean, it's like, remember in 2012, I know it was a long time ago, but Chris Christie was the opening night speaker at the Republican convention, and everybody said, wow, we wish Christie had been the nominee. Wow, that guy's great. He's totally going to be the front runner for 2016. I can totally see him. And then the guy just turned into a loser and a zero and totally imploded. It's like, you just you can't, I have faith in none of these people anymore. Well, I feel like the bar has been set so low that when you see someone 
who can talk and seems like they have conviction and they're in command. You're so impressed. You want to elevate them right away to the presidency. Yeah. And then we're desperate for leadership and we're desperate for something different. And like, just slow down with this guy. We have no idea what he's going to do or how he's going to operate. Let's just give him a few months and then we'll, we'll circle back. How about that? Okay. Well, let's, let's actually hear what he has to say. Here's uh, Donald Trump, who was very happy about it. He said, get it done, get it done fast. He's congratulating Mike Johnson for becoming speaker. I just want to congratulate Mike Johnson. He will be a great speaker at the House, and we were very happy to help. I've known him for a long time. He's a tremendous leader. A tremendous man comes from a wonderful place, Louisiana. He's going to be, uh, he's going to make us all proud. So at this time yesterday, nobody was thinking of Mike. And then we put out the word, and now he's the speaker of the House. So I want to just... Uh, Thank all of the supporters that I have, and I want to thank all of the supporters that Mike has. And again, he'll be a great speaker. I think you can be very proud of him. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. So Donald Trump just said, we put out the word. And He's taking credit for it. Yeah. So is is he putting himself in that soup? Is he is he part of the we or does he mean the Republican Party? Well, but this is the problem. He thought Kevin McCarthy was great and he should you should pick him because he said nice things about me. He thought Jim Jordan was great. He taught he thought this guy was great. I mean, like what these people are nothing alike and yet you just think everyone's great. So what what does that what does any of it mean anymore, Casey? Okay, well here's Mike Johnson who is the fifty sixth Speaker of the House says the first thing that he'll do is support Israel. He has a great voice, by the way. Our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear friend Israel. And we're overdue in getting that done. So they did pass that resolution. And uh, he also called for an end to the crisis at the southern border. And while he was talking and saying all of this, of course, the entire Republican side of the House stood up and clapped. Uh, The Dems sat there, didn't move at all. We, We have a catastrophe at our southern border. The Senate and the White House can no longer ignore the problem. From Texas to New York, wave after wave of Illegal migrants are stressing our communities to their breaking points. We, we know that our streets are being flooded with fentanyl, and all of our communities, children, and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable, and we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. So I think he's telling you a little bit about what his agenda is going to be. Yeah. Did you see that that uh, story about Central Indiana getting back into the indoor football game? I did see this, and this is very interesting. Did there used to be an indoor football team? There did used to be an indoor football team. They were called the, uh, the Firebirds. And actually, the first radio station I ever worked at, which was WKLU in Brownsburg, actually used to run the Firebird games. Did the, you have to run the board during it was those the, games? I did a couple of times. <laughs> I was very young. I was 18, mm-hmm. 19 years old or whatever mm-hmm. that was. It's been 20 years ago now. But uh, they were, uh, I don't know if they were, what, the Arena Football League, I think. Yeah, I remember Maybe. they were Arena Football. Yeah, and they were, I mean, it's like any, look, minor league sports, unless unless it's someplace like the Indians, where the ballpark is the attraction. Mm-hmm. The Indians, it doesn't matter who 
who's on the team. It changes from week to week. It doesn't matter. You're going for the ballpark, the experience. Oh, this guy's on the team now. Oh, great. Yay, go Indians. Yeah. Unless you have something like that, minor league sports, is it's a very hard road to make work. Now, unless you can get a, you know, a freebie stadium like the Mad Ants did. Mm-hmm. But like with the Mad Ants, it's an affiliate of, and it's part of why my- major, It's a feeder team. It's why minor league baseball is so successful. You know, if you're a fan of the Cubs and you go see the Iowa Cubs, there's a chance you're going to see that guy in the majors in a couple of years and you're going to see him on, on Marquee Sports Network, et cetera. Um, Mad Ants are a little bit like that in the sense of these guys are guys that will play sporadically for the Pacers, maybe some of them two or three mm-hmm. years down the road. But like with minor league football, it's just so hard because the overwhelming majority of these guys are never even going to sniff the NFL. So what's your what's your compelling reason to have buy-in to minor league football. You bring up a really great point. I've actually seen that because the South Bend Silverhawks, yeah. they did okay. Yeah. But when they switched over and became the South Bend Cubs, mm-hmm. oh boy, because then you've got all the merch yep. that matches the Chicago yep. Cubs and all of those fans can get in on that and it really makes it a bigger event for a lot of people. So this Fishers-based team, it's not going to launch until 2025 and they're going to play their home games at the Under Construction Fishers Event Center. Taxpayer funded, Casey! Hey, Abdul's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. If you reach back in your memory, the little bell might ring. About a time that once existed. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Oh! (laughs) He's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur. The one and only Abdul Keep Shabazz. Hello. How's it going, my friend? Uh, Very good. So, did you get a chance to uh, sample that just snooze fest of a mayor's debate on uh, Monday evening? (laughs) Yes, I did. And you feel worse off for it, don't you? Um. <laughs> I, I thought both candidates maybe sort of underperformed. <laughs> He's so nice. <laughs> I think there's one tonight too, isn't there? Is there another debate? Is yeah, the, tonight? the uh, I want to say tonight's like the Fox Fifty Nine. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the big takeaway was that um, Hogsett got asked by Phil Sanchez where he was during the riots. He gives this answer he's given before about this meandering non-descriptive unverifiable thing about oh i was working and i was engaged and then he cites this report that his office had put together about the riots and he says oh the details are in the are in the report well debbie daniels you know debbie daniels yes i do yeah she's mitch daniels sister she's a former u.s attorney Mm -hmm. she uh, was assistant u.s attorney general you would say abdul she is a very respectable honest person is that right yes uh highest integrity okay so she apparently sent an email according to adam wren of of uh, importantville to shreve's campaign after after the debate saying quote there is certainly no indication in the report that the mayor was engaged on friday night and in contact with his people the report is silent on that point so it's certainly doesn't exonerate him well then 
to me, and I'm just a, you know an average observer, I'm left with two things, Casey. Either he didn't read the report that he commissioned, or hmm. he just lied about what's in the report because she did the report and said, yeah, there's nothing in there that says that. I will, the attorney, I will, what say you? I will not go so far as to say the mayor lied because it goes to intent. I don't know what's, I don't know necessarily what was in the mayor's head. However, what I will say, though, is that his public statement as to his whereabouts the night of the riots is inconsistent with the facts at hand, and there's no evidence to back up that claim. So I'll leave it to, I'll leave it to the audience to decide whether the mayor is lying or he just can't remember or misspoke. What do you mean inconsistent with the facts at hand? Because... I didn't think we had any facts. Exactly. <laughs> oh. And there just you. like that, I'm talking like a lawyer. There you go. That's it, why I love you like my sister. Well, I just, <laughs> I just look at this and go, wait, wait a second. I mean, it's so easy to tell someone where you were when something was happening. And if you're the mayor of a city, you should be able to produce text messages, phone logs, email accounts. He's never done any of that, which would totally show us, yeah, I was here and I was talking to this guy, and whether you agree with what I did or didn't do, here's what I was doing. There is a reason he's not showing any of that. No, no, I, I will say this. Um, with respect to email, email and text don't necessarily reveal where you are. They just reveal that you were communicating at the time. So an email or a text may not necessarily demonstrate or prove that Joe was home mm-hmm. unless you got you know the satellite you know, triangulation, law and order, special victims unit, you know, coordination <laughs> well, as to where, where somebody's cell phone was. Oh. However, I, I do think, however, it, once again, it was an it was an opportunity uh, for Jefferson to once again, to, to, as we get closer to, because we're less than two weeks away from, from election day. Yeah. And then er, an early vote has already been going on for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was a chance, once again, for Jefferson to, to move those undecided voters into the Jefferson camp, which I think he fell short. Because this vote, this election, uh, everyone, everyone I spoke to so far, is basically going to come, come down to turnout because not no one is excited either about uh, Joe Hogsett's mayoral campaign or Shreve's campaign right now. Do mm-hmm. you look at this race because obviously you ran and were very passionate about about this? Do you watch those debates and go? To Shreve, why did you even run? Like, if that's all the effort you're going to put into this, or all the excitement you're going to put into this, why did you? Why? Why not let somebody who actually seems like they want to do it be up there doing it? Now, now I will say this: Jefferson's personality and my personality are two totally different, yeah. two totally different, different things. Jefferson's a lot more introverted, a lot more, a lot more sort of business, yeah, business like he's almost sort of like a political Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory, really sharp, really intelligent, but can't necessarily make that emotional connection with with the average average voter. But that's not his, that's not his personality. However, knowing that's not his personality, what I would have done if I was on the Shreve campaign is like, hey, you really got to work on being able to make that emotional mm-hmm. connection with the voter. Because fundamentally, voting is an emotional process. People vote for who they, people either vote for who they like or against who they can't stand. Now, whether why they like you, why they can't stand you, the, the reasons go back and forth. But voting is an emotional process. Why does a little Miss Shabazz like a purple iPod as opposed to a green iPod? Because purple is her favorite color. <laughs> they do the exact same thing. They cost the exact same amount, but she wanted purple. And my job as a husband is to take my black ass to Best Buy and go get the purple iPad. Do you think that there's <laughs> enough of the uh, can't stand though, to help Jefferson Shreve pull it out? There are there are, there are are enough. In a, when we did our polling a couple weeks ago, once again, poll's not a prediction, about a snapshot in time. Uh, there are enough undecideds to change the trajectory of the race. Uh, but Jefferson's really got to uh, bring in those undecideds. There, there's there's no more margin for error. Uh, a question for you. They spent as much time, and there was more passion, in fact, talking about the food deserts and the animal shelter as there was violence in the city of Indianapolis. Do animal shelters and food deserts move 
people to vote? I I think they moved the I think I think with the with the food deserts and the and the and the animal shelters, Jefferson is going for those undecided voters because he's probably got some polling out there that basically said, hey, food deserts are an issue. Okay, let's, let's address the food desert issue, the animal shelter issue. Uh, Jefferson and his wife uh, Mira are very 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 passionate about. That's why I kind of jokingly told him when he did his animal shelter news conference, like, dude, you ought to do like the Raphael Warnock commercial with the puppy, because that, <laughs> that'll probably get you more than just sitting out in open field mm-hmm. and you and your wife and the dog. I'm just saying. You had mentioned early voting, and have you heard any word? What, what what's it looking like? Uh, I want to say it was about five, six thousand yesterday ish. Oh, wow. Uh, but then, but then, but that's only early vote in the city county building. That's the only place where you can early vote. Five to six thousand who have currently voted. Yes. Okay. Now that doesn't count uh, absentee ballots, and also doesn't count this weekend where the where early voting is open up across the county. Yeah. Because uh, after this weekend, we'll have a much better idea of what early voting looks like. Uh, what are you working on these days over at IndyPolitics.org? Because uh, you have no show this weekend. You're not you football. <laughs> uh, well, one, one story I'm actually uh, still in the process of working on it. We broke it the other day. Is an interesting battle between the Center Township Small Claims Court judge yeah. and the Center Township Small Claims Small Claims Court constable. Uh, because the constable serves notice of process. Cause that's what they do. There's been a there's been a back and forth between the, the between the judge and the constable. And so the judge basically issued an emergency order saying we're no longer going to use the constable for service. We're going to use the other township constables. The the current township constable is about to file suit, so it's about to be a mess. All right. Your, your, your government in action, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and that's, in action is one word, not two. And this is why you're the best. You're, <laughs> you're one of seven people in the world who take an interest in the local constable. <laughs> and it's all good stuff. The one and only Abdul Akeem Shabazz. Find him at anypolitics.org. Thank you. Hey, thank you. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow on Friday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.